And we welcome you to the Wednesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. Very, very happy to be sitting opposite Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, paying his monthly visit to the program. And uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to be introducing a special guest from a nonprofit organization called Building Our Future. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, President Albrecht, we uh, welcome you back to the morning show. Thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure to be here. I have to tell you, a couple of days this week felt like spring. But I, I did hear that later in the week here we're going to have a little bit more winter weather. That's right. It is uh, Mother Nature just can't make up her, her mind. So uh, before we get into anything else, I understand congratulations are in order for uh, an award that you were just given, I think, last night. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Yes, I am so proud of our work with Reaching for Rainbows and the Mahone Foundation. You know, that whole effort to help support young people as they transition from high school into college and the scholarship program is super special uh, evening, and I've enjoyed it for the last 16 years that I've attended. And last night, what a nice uh, pleasure for me. I was recognized with um, their living... uh, legendary award. So, I mean, I like the first half of the word living. That's really important (laughs) for me. But there's so many legends in our community that have helped uplift uh, young people and help them pursue their passion. So I want to thank everyone involved, especially Tim Mahone, who continues to be a strong advocate and champion for the role that education can play in helping lift people's lives. So thank you so much. And that folds nicely actually into our uh, our topic today, which we'll get to in just a moment. I know that, uh, among other things, you want to... uh, Uh, offer congratulations to a new member of the Board of Trustees for Gateway. I do. Thank you. Yes, this is a time of year uh, that we go through the appointment process for trustees for Gateway, and I want to first thank Beth Ormseth, who will be completing her term as a trustee at the end of June. Beth has uh, been such a great advocate and served as a chair of our board for a couple of years and just been a great supporter. We'll continue to support Gateway, but she is completing her term here at the college and uh, giving a 100%, probably 110% attention to Kenosha Unified School District. But replacing Beth will be Ben DeSchmidt. We're very proud and honored to have Ben uh, be selected to serve on our board. Um, we'll go through a little orientation process here later this spring, and he'll join us uh, the 1st of July. So welcome aboard, Ben. Great. Very, very good. I know when we're uh, uh, in this uh, congratulatory mode that you also want to uh, offer congratulations to some Gateway students who have been part of actually several different recent student competitions. Well, you know, every time that we're together, I have something exciting to talk about our students. And not only is it graduation season, but it's end of project season. So competitions uh, usually drive that excitement. And this week I had a chance to attend the Art in Bloom uh, competition that was taking place over in the Kenosha campus. Some of you may have heard of that before. It's where uh, an artist, a designer, will take a photograph or a picture, and then replicate that in a floral design. Mm. And I want to big, just big shout out to all of our students in the horticulture floral program because their, their designs were spectacular. I enjoyed the event so much, and they had a best of show, and then they you know, all kinds of different recognitions that they put forward. But most importantly, I know that they were not only able to demonstrate their skills, but really think about how they can present themselves in the community as they move forward into their careers. Wonderful. Finally, I I know that you wanted to take a second to just talk about some of the classroom visits that you have done recently. And I should think uh, with all the headaches that are part of a job like yours, this is probably one of the sweetest things you get to do is just get out in the classrooms and see great teaching and great learning happening. This is it, Greg. This is the cherry on top of the sundae. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. To go into a classroom and 
participate as a student to gain a real-world experience of what our students are studying is so remarkable. Recently, I became the guest doctor in the surgical tech program. Mm. So it was a lot of pressure. We had to make sure that that mannequin survived, (laughs) right? And I want to thank all the students for helping me because I needed a lot of help for that. But we did it. We were able to actually take a little piece of metal out of an abdomen uh, of a of a mannequin, not a real patient, but it was great fun. Mm. I learned so much about the techniques of surgery and the types of facilities and resources that we have. Big shout out to all of the instructors there. But uh, Ted's going to be retiring this year from the <laughs> Surge Tech program, but he has been a, a strong legacy for that uh, program, and I know that his students do well in the field. And that's just one example. I also had a chance to go over to the welding lab and design some garden art. Now, ah. I'm glad it's in the garden because no one will look too close at it. <laughs> I'm thinking I put it behind a shrub so it right. grows up, but I did it. I did it. And uh, next week I'll be over in the IT department working with some students there. So I really enjoy the opportunity to be a part of Gateway in a unique way in which I get to present as a student the experience that uh, most of our students are going through. Fantastic. Thank you. And hopefully you'll get to continue to make the rounds in these last few months. And <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to bring down the internet in the yeah, IT program. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. Very good. So we have a, a special guest joining us today. Uh, her name is Tatiana Bekanen, and she is executive director of a nonprofit organization called Building Our Future. And President Albrecht, you were telling me before we went on the air that this is part of kind of a national organization called the Strive Network. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, just really proud to bring Tatiana to the program because she is a, an exceptional leader for our community and just has a wealth of knowledge to help us all better understand how communities need to rally behind our youth, whether it's through the educational programs, nonprofit organizations, our churches, so many different ways we can reach into our families to support our, our youth. And Tatiana has been a strong champion for that. And we're going to learn today a little bit more about what uh, Building Our Future does and the results that they're already seeing. Very good. So, Tatiana Bikanen, we're happy to welcome you to the morning show again. You are executive director of uh, the nonprofit called Building Our Future. We're happy to have you with us. Yes, good morning, and I'm happy to be here, and good morning to all the listeners. So, uh, tell us uh, a a little bit about yourself, and in particular, how you uh, first became acquainted with uh, President Albrecht and uh, with Gateway Technical College. Yeah, so uh, a little bit about myself here. I'm a proud native of Kenosha, went through the Kenosha Unified School District System, and have spent uh, the best part of my career working in this region, so between Kenosha and Racine. Um, I became acquainted with President Albright and Gateway as a result of this partnership, Building Our Future, which the listeners will learn a little bit uh, more about that this morning. That's really cool. I think, Tatiana, one of the neat things about serving in our community, whether you're serving in a nonprofit or whether you're serving in a government organization like Gateway, um, the whole part about building that collaborative spirit with the community is so critical. This last week, we were fortunate to be able to share some comments at a public hearing that uh, Congressman Brian Stile hosted over at UW Parkside. And the resounding message that came out of that was community, the strength of Kenosha community. And that's because I think people that grew up here have a deep passion for it and understand how, you know, collaboratively we can work together to strengthen it. So, Tatiana, tell us a little more about exactly what this nonprofit organization called Building Our Future is. What is it? And, uh, And at what point did it come into being? Yeah, great question. So Building Our Future is really an all-in partnership to generate support for high levels of academic, 
achievement countywide for Kenosha County at every stage of learning. And so we say from kindergarten readiness to post-secondary completion. We want everyone achieving personal potential from cradle to career. So that's all of our young people throughout Kenosha County. And how did it start? Our collective work started in 2017. Uh, discussions to move forward with this frame, framework, collective impact, started in 2015, 2016 with roundtable discussions facilitated by CABA, the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, and United Way of Kenosha County, asking the question to our community partners, how can we as a community support our schools with the belief that schools can't do it alone and nor should they have to? You know, I think is really interesting about that, Tatiana, is the important role that industry plays in the fact that CABA initiated the conversation, continues to be one of the cornerstones of how do we gauge the engagement of our community through our business partners, through our educational partners in order to build that bridge. Because oftentimes there's this sense that there's a gap. You know, we're graduating students, but they're not ready for the workforce. Or, you know, we don't know where we're going to attract new families to our community. So that business voice is really important, isn't it? Yes. Tatiana, can you say a quick word about this sort of national strive network of which I think a building our future is is part I mean can you explain what that strive network is and if it in and of itself is an official organization yes so strive together is our national organization out of Cincinnati Ohio Uh, been in existence for just over 10 years Uh, we are one of 70 partnerships building our future across the country, working with our partners to achieve high levels of academic success for all of our students. And in the state of Wisconsin here, we are one of four uh, Strive Together partnerships. And what makes us unique and tailored to each community that we serve is that uh, collectively as a community, we uh, you know come up with the name. So Kenosha County named us, Building Our Future. And then from there, designing our mission and our vision statement. And so there's a Stride community in Racine, uh, Milwaukee, and in Green Bay, and then Kenosha. And uh, so we represent four out of the five uh, uh, largest urban school districts for the state of Wisconsin. Tatiana, I'd be interested, too, um, and I think your audience would, on the collaboration between the four and then how that interacts with the national. So do you work uh, pretty regularly with Racine, Green Bay, um, uh, Milwaukee, and then maybe others in, in other areas of the country? Yes, absolutely, Brian. Um, certainly our partners here that are closest to us, uh, Milwaukee and Racine, um, you know, covering this southeastern region of the state here, uh, we were one of the newer ones to join the Strive Together initiative, so we certainly leaned on our partners on uh, their successes within the community and lessons learned. And then Strive Together brings all 70 partnerships together at least once a year for our national convening. I'm excited for this year um, as we kind of get out of the COVID and the pandemic here that we'll be reconvening in person Uh, after two years being virtually, and uh, our site this year will be uh, Chicago. And uh, so we come together, lots of collaboration. Uh, We have these things called role-likes, where data managers, if you wear that hat in that capacity for the partnership, uh, all the data managers throughout the 70 partnerships across the country will come together at least once a month 
to collaborate on best practices, what are they seeing, what are the trends, um, and, and so forth like that. So very collaborative, and uh, it's really the other three Strive Together partnerships, Milwaukee, Racine, and uh, Green Bay, is just an extension of our of our our, of our family, our work family here. Yeah, that's fantastic. So as kind of the newest on the block, just getting out, out of the block here, um, it's always interesting to learn about other communities and, and to really try to balance some of the expectations of what others are doing compared to what our needs are here. And I'm glad that it's going to be in Chicago because then maybe many of our partners will be able to attend and learn from those experiences. I'm always happy about Chicago, except when they're playing our Milwaukee Bucks, which is also <laughs> coming up. So. Oh, dear. <laughs> so are we talking about, in, in terms of, for instance, Kenosha, are we talking about an area that has especially serious, acute needs? Uh, I mean, is there something unique going on in Kenosha? Or generally speaking, are the concerns and issues and challenges that Kenosha County is facing with education are those the kind of challenges that just about every community everywhere is facing as well? Yeah, Kenosha is not unique in its needs. There are a lot of organizations uh, in and around the country working to support the future generation. And the goal of building our future is to ensure that all of our young people across Kenosha County are ready for that future. Um, if that's you know, continuing on to some form of post-secondary education, after uh, high school or, you know, being ready for the workforce. And so, no, we are not unique. I think we're all collectively trying to figure out how do we best support our young people um, and making sure that they're at the table where decisions are being made as well. Yeah, fantastic. Always important to have as broad a community involvement as possible in, in initiatives like this. And just grateful that Gateway was able to be a part of the original convening in 2015. But who are some of the other key partners that you think are really helping to, to move the agenda forward? Yeah, so obviously we are educational initiatives. So KUSD, Kenosha Unified School District, is certainly a key player. Gateway from the onset, along with you know UW Parkside and Carthage College and Herzing University. So we have all the colleges, our higher ed partners. I mentioned earlier, CABA, the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, United Way of Kenosha County. They're our fiscal sponsor. It's where we are physically located, downtown Kenosha, my team and I. Um, and then we have the nonprofits like uh, the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, uh, KEC, Kenosha Achievement Center, and uh, and then businesses like LMI Packaging and Snap-on and Johnson Financial Group. We really disturb the entire community as far as bringing all the different entities to the table. In some ways, you've kind of anticipated the next question, which is how are you, that is, uh, building our future, how are you engaging with the community? Uh, I mean, you've uh, just outlined some of the key community partnerships. Maybe you can take us inside those partnerships now and uh, help us understand exactly how this engagement is taking place. Yeah, so relationships are at the core of our work. Our partnership moves at the speed of trust. is something that we said right from the beginning when we uh, had our large summit back in August of 2016 at UW Parkside in their ballroom there when, uh, when Kenosha County gave us the thumbs up to go forward with this initiative. So one of our core values is to build an inclusive community, and we do this by approaching our work with a sense of possibility and positivity. 
And so, yes, we found, we have found, and we will continue to find some great success in the collective impact model of engagement. And to date, uh, and I'm looking at our annual report that we just published for 2021, uh, more than 500 partners uh, make our tagline a true reality. And our tagline is community unites, students succeed, and everyone prospers. And may I just add that this year, Building Our Future is also finding some great success with engaging our young people, our future leaders. You know, that's pretty impressive. 500 partners, that means there's a lot of people that are in some way touch points to help get the message out. And I know recently, just a big compliment to your team and the work that you're doing in diversity, equity, inclusion, providing workshops, seminars, discussion sessions, um, maybe just a thought a little bit on the importance of certainly education, which is your core, but also the broader community and the impact that we can each have uh, when we better understand the needs of the community. For those of you just joining us, uh, today is the monthly visit of Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. And with us also is Tatiana Bakanin, who is executive director of a nonprofit organization called Building Our Future, which is part of the National Strive Network, uh, which is seeking to improve the lives of of everyone uh, through education and education. from cradle to career. Uh, in fact, I think that's part of your vision statement. Everyone achieving personal potential from cradle to career. I mean, that's kind of at the heart of, of what you are all about. And uh, that is quite, a, quite an audacious sort of uh, a goal, I mean, in terms of touching on just about everybody and every facet of their lives. That being said, are there particular facets of the community or particular age groups uh, on which you especially focus your work? Yeah, so um, building, building Our Future serves as that backbone entity for Kenosha County. So we work with all ages of the population from cradle to career. And along uh, the cradle to career roadmap, you know, the continuum, the roadmap we believe that will lead to success, we focus on some key milestones. Which, is, which would be kindergarten readiness, making sure all of our little ones are ready to start their academic career starting in kindergarten. Uh, early grade reading, we say from birth to third grade, you're learning how to read, and from fourth grade on, you're, you read to learn. And high school uh, completion, and then post-secondary access and success. So yes, that is a large continuum from cradle to career, but um, you have to touch on upon all those milestones. You know, Tatiana, I'd be interested um, on the context of, do you do that work directly with teachers in the classroom, or is this parent orientation and education or school counselors, or, or, or are these kinds of, um, I'll call them after-school experiences or maybe out-of-school experiences for, for students? Yeah, so great question there. So we certainly work with everyone, uh, which would include our teachers, it it truly takes a village to support all of our young people. This, you know, work certainly never happens alone. Um, But we work with uh, uh, administration at the school district, principals, teachers, um, and then uh, individual, you know, we have community conversations we do in two targeted neighborhoods. So working with the families and the youth directly, um, you know, and just meeting our, our partners where they're at. And so it's from, Top level to those right at the grassroots level and everything in between. So uh, 
how do you go about, in a sense, measuring your success? And, uh, and by whatever standards you have for measuring your success, what, what success have you seen? And, and for that matter, uh, what would be some challenges that have maybe been uh, a little bit uh, tougher nuts to crack, so to speak? Yeah. So building your future is about identifying the challenges, recognizing solutions, and then building solutions. And an example of success is providing our partners with data and then training them to strengthen their own programs. So we recently launched a spring results count cohort, formerly known as our continuous improvement cohort. And this time around, we have three nonprofit organizations participating in the group. And my team is providing training and coaching that will really help our partners zoom out of their work and get clearer on their results. And they do this by using data and continuous improvement tools towards better outcomes. So the Results Count Cohort is certainly one example of how building our future supports a culture of continuous improvement uh, within the county. We've also seen some great success in building an inclusive community. And examples of that would include our monthly community conversations in the Lincoln Park Uptown area in the Wilson Heights neighborhood. And then this year, uh, another way that we're partnering with Kenosha Unified School District is to facilitate youth community conversations. So that started in January here, and uh, we're utilizing Herzing University as a site for those youth community conversations. And then uh, building our future, we really want to continue to elevate and lift up the youth voice. So uh, this year we also launched a youth leadership cohort and one of their very first projects was to lead a youth town hall school board candidate form. And, uh, and that was just phenomenal. And that took place last month. And then some of the challenges to get to that part of the question, some of the challenges would be that our work is really for the long term. It's creating that sense of urgency and then being patient with seeing the results and the impact. True systems transformation will take time. And our partnership is not interested in Band-Aid solutions. We really need, we need real change to advance uh, better outcomes for all of our young people. So that's a long question, but those are some of our successes. And then, you know, this work really is for the long term. Yeah, that's very exciting to hear. I know that um, communities in general like to see the results, right? What is this time and effort and investment going for? So really glad that you're able to demonstrate those results. And Super excited about hearing the youth voice. That's so important. You may recognize that at Gateway we have a student on our board of trustees. We also have a student from Gateway on the state board of trustees. And the power of the student voice is so important. And that that could, Greg, potentially be another great show. We'll bring some of our youth to our community on and talk about what their impressions are of the needs that uh, might improve our our community. For sure. So, Tatiana Bakanen, if we were kind of out and about in the community where would we most likely see building our future in terms of activities or events that you have helped either create or sponsor or in which you've had uh, some kind of hand? Yeah. So recently, as I mentioned uh, a, a second ago, uh, the community saw the Youth Town Hall School Board Candidate Forum that was held on March 29th at Lincoln Middle School an event put on by 12 amazing high school students involved in building our future's youth youth leadership cohort. And then we have a small group of partners that continue to be involved in our monthly community conversations, and they uh, organized one of their things that they wanted to do 
uh, was organized cleanup to beautify the neighborhood and highlight local businesses. Um, and so our actually our next cleanup is scheduled for Saturday, April 23rd from 9 to 12 in Uptown. So listeners can mark their calendars now. Another example would be our parents advocating for child care. So we call that the PAC Fellowship. So these parents continue to use their lived experience with the child care system to identify challenges that they would like to see in child care. And then some other activities include uh, with the school district, our partnership, um, we've added some additional layers of early literacy support where trained tutors are placed in elementary schools to work one-on-one with students to provide individualized tutoring. And we're currently working, uh, looking right now to scale the early, um, early literacy supports to two additional elementary schools in the fall. And if I could just share one quote here, um, and this is from Wilson Elementary uh, Principal um, uh, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Lopez uh, on the reading program here. She said, we love the reading uh, program and the two tutors we have at Wilson Elementary. This program is extremely well-designed, implemented, and monitored for high quality and impact. The students, we have rece- the students we have receiving the support, and there's about 20 students in total, are showing gains at a rapid pace, and they look forward to their daily sessions with their tutors. So that's just some of the activities that the community can see. I think that should be the opening quote in your annual report. That exactly summarizes everything that you stand for. Thank you for sharing that. And I know you're at a lot of community events also to support others like the United Way, the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, and just really glad that you're doing the Environmental Day on April 23rd. I believe that's kind of Earth Day celebration, so great to see see the kids out there. And I'll just share with our community as well that Building Our Future and Tatiana's leadership uh, was very instrumental in helping us bring the $5.6 million grant to our community to expand GED options. We call it a 509 program. It's competency-based We've run it at Gateway in Racine for many years. That money will be used to spread that opportunity out through Kenosha and Walworth counties. So we depend heavily on our nonprofit partners like this in order to build capacity to deliver a larger program. Well, Tatiana Bacanin, tell us about uh, any of the work that you do uh, in partnership with teachers. Of course, nobody is more in the trenches than that when it comes to education and and making a difference. And obviously you work closely with KUSD. Tell us more about what you do to uh, support and underscore the important work that teachers are doing. Yeah, so the teachers, we we certainly work with the teachers. Um, Like I said earlier, it takes a village to support our young people. This work never happens alone. And our teachers are certainly the experts when it comes to sustaining academic achievement here. And, um, and so some of the work that we're doing right now is, you know, as I shared from the quote from uh, Mrs. Lopez at Wilson Elementary School, is supporting some of their efforts and providing additional layers of uh, early uh, literacy support. Um, so that's a big component. Another one working with teachers, too, is, you know, it's so fundamental getting our, our little ones ready uh, for that first day of school. So we work with uh 4K teachers um, and uh, and child care centers as well in preparation for that, and so um, uh, so that our little ones are ready. And um, again, we're here as thought partnership uh, for the school district and all of our partners across the county. 
And our goal and aim is to strengthen, to strengthen existing programs and not necessarily add new ones. Um, and really doing that by uh, providing some additional tools to their toolbox, which we call, you know, continuous improvement. Yeah, so important. And I think everyone would recognize that, as, as Greg mentioned, sort of the heart and soul is what happens in the classroom with the teacher and in our level of the instructor. And you may have heard in the introductory comments, I, I played a student a couple of times this last uh, uh, month, and um, I'm sure I didn't make it very easy on our instructors because there's so much that you have to try to fit into that lesson plan. And the support systems that you're developing and talking about today uh, add additional value and capacity for our teachers. And uh, through the pandemic and just in life in general, there's so many expectations on the classroom experience and just really glad that you're there to help support. So uh, Tatiana Bacana and I suspect that uh, in, in the years that you have been doing uh, your work with, um, with Building Our Future, uh, you've learned a lot about uh, how the world of education works, how sometimes it works uh, really well and at other times, uh, for various reasons, uh, struggles to, uh, to meet the needs of its students. Uh, as you've done this work, uh, what have you come to maybe understand better and maybe uh, have there been some surprises for you in terms of what matters most uh, in terms of, of improving our community in this way? Yeah, so great question there. And, um, and there's one that I will focus on this morning here, one area of work that uh, surprised me the most is, our, is child care um, in our county. And, uh, and the lack of access to high-quality, affordable uh, early care and education. You know, child care is so vital to our community. It allows parents to participate in the workforce, and employers to attract a sufficient workforce as well. And just to share a little bit of some data here, because we're certainly data-driven here at our partnerships, um, as I continue to wrap my head around uh, childcare, and we know how crucial it is, right? There's a lot of science and, you know, that development from birth until three years old. And so in Kenosha County, it's home to nearly 10,000 children under the age of five but only roughly 5,000 licensed childcare slots. So it doesn't mean, you know, some families choose not to utilize childcare, you know, and, you know, are, are staying at home or using family relatives and that uh, to provide that care when they're at work. But, you know, again, that's about half of our, you know, there's about 50% we could grow our childcare slots across the county here. Mm. And then the average... Uh, Kenosha County family has to pay about 20% of their annual income to afford care for one infant compared to the national recommendation of 7%. So I don't have Kevin, my data manager, here with me right now, but those are just some facts that we have highlighted in our annual report. And so child care certainly surprises me. It is the foundation uh, um, for our young people to have a, you know, uh, a successful academic career, K through 12, and then going on to post-secondary. And I'll, I will end with this by saying, you know, our community is really at its best when we recognize that children, particularly our youngest ones, 
are our greatest resources. Oh, it's so well said. As a, as a grandfather of two little boys now, Brian and Logan, um, I couldn't agree with you more that that early age is the child care, the development that's so important and critical and the time spent uh, addressing that. I would just be curious to know, I know there's been a really lot of in-depth work that's trying to be initiated in, in Kenosha County to begin to address that, but what are some of the early findings maybe that that uh, your organization or others like Gateway could become involved with? Yeah, and so we're, you know, uh, building our future. There's like, you know, another strive together partnership in Racine, higher expectations for Racine County. And so we're really looking in the child care space and actually all four of the strive together uh, partnerships in the state of Wisconsin, we're really collaborating and coming together in this zero to five space, early childhood education. And so we're looking at things what we can influence at a, at not only at a local, but at a state level when it comes to policies. I will say some of the bright spots right now that we've seen as, as we've gone through two years of, you know, being in a pandemic and with COVID and that is uh, seeing some additional funding for our child care centers and uh, to, you know, stay open during such struggling times. And, um, and we're collaborating more and how do we support our child care, uh, not only uh, systems, but the directors and engage people to want to be in this profession as well. Hmm. And so, Brian, I, you know, certainly Gateway has a program on, on uh, early childhood education. And I just think, you know, we're having the conversation, asking better questions. And I think there's, you know, more to come, hopefully, uh, over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and be, being aware of the resources that are out there, like the educational programs that, that we host here at the college and, and uh, partnering within the community, as you mentioned, because that helps generate additional capacity in many ways. And, and then supporting those uh, child care centers that maybe need additional support in order to raise the quality of the experience, but uh, driven all by the family needs, right? And so actively engaging with parents on what their needs are and being flexible and thinking about child care because it directly impacts the ability to work. And, you know, so there's a lot of dynamics that play into that uh, equation. Thank mm. you for taking the lead on a community conversation around child care. Mm. So do you and your organization have particular goals when you look down the road five years, 10 years, in terms of the kind of change for the better that you would be uh, helping to bring about? Yeah, so another great question there. As a result of our partnership and being that backbone entity for Kenosha County, you know, our hopes down the road five, 10 years from now is that we will see uh, greater collaboration among all partners across all the various entities, so business, nonprofit, our education system, our faith-based community, you know, our, our families, our young people, and really reducing the number of silos. And I think with that, too, um, we should see a greater, uh, a greater sense of accountability among our partners and the community. I think data uh, really keeps us honest and to have even better conversations on where we're you know, really excelling and doing well, and then areas where we can uh, improve. So, you know, you know, continuing to have that culture of uh, continuous improvement. Our goal would be, too, is that we see a more equitable community where all of our young people, all of our children have access to the same 
opportunities regardless of their race, ethnicity, the zip code, the neighborhood they're in, or whatever given circumstances, and that our resources are really guided by and respond to the interests of everyone in the community. And that would go, and I, that would be the same as for policies too. That our policies are aligned with the interests of everyone as our community continues to grow. I have no doubt that you will continue to make progress toward those goals, and it will benefit all of us in our community. You know, I was thinking about this interview uh, before we came onto the air, and I was thinking most of it is about the challenges that your organization faces, so that can be a heavy burden for the director of that to always every day think about, okay, I have another challenge to solve. So just a personal question, what keeps you motivated, and why is this work so important? You have such a deep passion for it, but what, what energizes you to keep pushing forward? Yeah, so thank you, Brian, for that question. You know, again, I'm, I'm a native of this community. I've, you know, I've left it a couple of times because I do believe the world is your best classroom. So I've lived abroad a couple of times, worked elsewhere. But, you know, we all have, you know, similar challenges and experiences here. And I, I'm just proud to be a native of the community. And I have nieces and nephews that are going through you know, the educational system here, and I just strongly believe that everybody deserves the right to reach their uh, full potential. And then this work never happens alone. So I get to work with phenomenal leaders like yourself, Brian, and others throughout the community that really are invested uh, and, you know, on the next generation and then and so forth. And so working with great leadership, and um, and that all of us really genuinely care uh, about our community and certainly our young people uh, makes this um, very rewarding, mm-hmm. even though the impact that we're planting a lot of seeds. And I'm confident that uh, we will see these seeds uh, grow and blossom and we will all be better off as a result. So what can people in the community do, uh, anybody who is listening to this who feels like uh, they would like to become Uh, involved in the work that you are doing. Uh, How can they find out more information about Building Our Future, and in particular, what role could they potentially play? Yeah, so some of the ways in which someone might become involved with Building Our Future, well, one is to invest in the work. Whether you're an individual donor or institutional partner, your contribution will help ensure organizations within Kenosha County work better together and make the necessary systems change work to ensure that every child thrives in school and in life. Um, And then join the partnership, you know, partners that share, we have partners that share responsibility and use the collective impact framework to shape systems that will help all of our students reach their full potential from cradle to career. So uh, individuals can join an action team. They can partner, partner with us to bring coaching and new frameworks to organizations and, uh, and even provide some uh, data advising and support, too. So we're always looking for to grow, uh, and grow in that way, too, as we understand um, uh, the successes and opportunities to, um, to get better. So, and if people want more information, uh, where should they look? Yes. Yeah, so um, we have a podcast. So you can learn about the work of Building Our Future on our podcast. Uh, It's called Together We're Better. And that showcases some of our collective work to improve educational and social mobility 
outcomes across Kenosha County for our young people and families. So you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on social media, so Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And then, of course, we have a wealth of information on our website, and that would be buildingourfuturekc.org. Excellent. Tatiana Bakanin, Executive Director of Building Our Future. We appreciate uh, uh, the passion and insight that you uh, bring to bear on all of these challenging issues and the good work that you and others with Building Our Community are doing, uh, Building Our Future are doing. And uh, we uh, thank you for being part of the morning show today. It was a real pleasure to get to know you, and we look forward uh, to hearing more from you in the uh, years to come. Thank you, and I just want to thank Gateway Technical College for being an investor and partner in this important work. And because of partners like you, change is possible. Very good. And President uh, Brian Albrecht, great to have you with us for uh, the morning show. We look forward to seeing you in May. Thank you again, Greg.